Ladies and gentlemen, and fellow golfers, for your entertainment. It's the Golf to Go Hour with Frank LaRosa, brought to you by Hagen Oaks, America's most awarded golf facility, and Naturewood Home Furnishings, where it's all about choices and always about quality. Well, hello once again, and welcome to the Golf to Go Radio Hour here on Sports 1140 KHDK. I am Frank LaRosa. Uh, I, along with uh, Scott Marsh, will be your host for the evening as we talk about golf in the area. Uh, Scott, uh, this is a really interesting week because uh, we had a, uh, a great uh, getaway to uh, Edgewood, Tahoe, and the media day for the uh, American Century Championship, which comes up uh, next month. But, but what a great day we had at, uh, at Edgewood yesterday. I have to say it might be the most fun week of the year. I mean, the event... For the media day at Edgewood, we had a great time. We just had absolutely a great time. The course is in spectacular condition. We had the opportunity to play that. We got to meet the Miz. We saw Charles Barkley, not in person, but through the video screen conference call that they did. Just so so many wonderful things and so many wonderful people up here. You know, it's hard to to remember or, or to, to recognize the fact that this is the 27th year of, of this tournament. Uh, and, um, you know, Charles Barkley was certainly talking about that. Um, Phil Whitinger has, has been around, I think, from the beginning. Phil Whitinger of Whitinger Public Relations, uh, based here in South Lake Tahoe, uh, is the one that, um, you know, puts on this event year after year. And um, it, it's kind of fun not only to, uh, to, to play the golf course, to, to be around for the, uh, for the press conferences, but to catch up with old friends that, uh, from the golf media that, uh, you know, maybe I get to see or you get to see once a year. Yeah, just great camaraderie, right? Because everybody's getting together. And, of course, we're still kind of coming out of the pandemic. So it's great to see everybody in person and just so many friends. And everybody's so excited to be here. You know, the perfect weather that we experienced, all of those things. I mean, you just put it together. We were very, very lucky. Yeah, last year we didn't have the perfect weather. No. We had, uh, what? uh, St. Andrew's weather. (laughs) 50 mile an hour uh, wind gust. It was uh, was pretty tough to get through the golf course. To say the least. uh, We had uh, maybe a whisper of wind yesterday and... uh, you know, beautiful temperatures. It, it, it was a it was a really uh, all world day yesterday. It was this year. We had a chance to win the twenty five thousand dollar competition on on hole seventeen for the hole in one. Unlike last year, yeah. Corbell uh, does a uh, a hole in one during the uh, American Century where the prize is two hundred and fifty thousand um, dollars, and uh, we were playing for twenty five thousand dollars yesterday. Uh, unfortunately, neither one of us walked away with. You that had a money. great shot, though. You know, I, we both had we great did. shots. We both yeah. hit it on the green, which is yeah. fantastic. But yours was tracking. And I, I suggest everybody go to your social media page, pages. We've posted your shot. I did a little commentary on it. It doesn't do it justice, <laughs> but it'll give you a feel for the excitement we were feeling for at least a couple of seconds. You did. You did a great job with those videos. That was that was kind of fun. And um, they've, they've gotten some, uh, some response on social media. And, um, a, a, again, part of the fun. We... It, yeah. was, it was just a perfect day. And we got to talk to uh, to The Miz, as you mentioned, uh, WWE superstar The Miz, um, who, um, let's say uh, he's uh, pretty confident mm-hmm. in himself. He's a self-promoter. Uh, yes, he is. But, but in a great way. He was a, so much fun. really, really nice guy. Awesome guy. And again, what I love about golf is that regardless of what field you're in, whether you're a musician or an artist or a wrestler... There's so many people who just love the game of golf, and 
universally, you hear people just talking about how they want to improve their game and the frustrations with the game. And it's just the one common language that we all have. And it was like you, me, and Miz, just three buddies who had known each other for a while, sitting down and talking to him. And he was just fantastic. He was. He was. He was fun. He's a, he's a family man, has a couple of young daughters, and uh, he's really excited about bringing them out along with his wife uh, yes, a for the tournament. Man. He's, his wife doesn't like golf, as you, you will hear later on, but he's going to hook her on golf, breaking her the Tahoe. I think it's a great strategy. Well, absolutely. If you're going to go someplace to a golf course, South Lake Tahoe and Edgewood is, is a pretty good choice. Uh, we also talked to with uh, Brad Wunderlich. He's the director of Grounds and Agronomy, uh, which is a really long title for uh, the guy that's in charge of, uh, of making sure the golf course is in the kind of shape we want it to be. You know, we, we tend to take the superintendents for granted. We go a step on the first tee, and expect perfect mm-hmm. conditions. And, uh, you know, certainly in, in our own area here in Sacramento, when you, when you talk about the temperature extremes from, from freezing to, uh, you know, to 100 degrees plus, that, that's a pretty tough uh, order for, for them to, to keep the golf courses in the condition we want. They, they are scientists at this point, though. You know, they do core samples. They do all kinds of things, make sure the water is getting where it's supposed to be. And you really have to kind of tip your hat to them for the conditioning that they do at the golf courses that, you know, that make it not only playable, but enjoyable for us. No question. That, that goes across the board. But Brad's challenge is extremely unique because he's got a course that's shut down half the year. And so he's dealing after a snow season. And then, of course, last year, we know the horrible fires that were here and just all the devastation and everything that's gone on for him to get the course into the condition that we were able to play it at yesterday. And, and we should acknowledge that Edgewood has come back in the top 100 courses in the country. It's been ranked again, and it had it, fallen out for a few years, but it, it's back in that list. It's because of the work that Brad's done. I mean, it, it was just in pristine condition yesterday. Yeah, the, the Golf Digest uh, top 100 list is, is what you're referring to, and everybody up here was certainly really excited to uh, – you know, to be able to uh, to point to that as well. Uh, Brad uh, spent some time at um, at Montreux Country Club yeah. too. So, you know, he he recognizes what the area has to offer and uh, knows the challenges. And yeah. as you say, did did an incredible job. He did. I have to ask you this, Frank, because you've played every course in Northern California that is significant to golf where where do you put edgeward on your pantheon obviously you're so close to the monterey area and your your connection with pebble beach and all those courses and you know i've played pebble beach once and i've played the peninsula courses two or three times and they're wonderful fantastic i have to say if i were to choose one round and especially if it's summertime and i know the weather is going to be in the 70s in tahoe i would probably choose edgewood over pebble um, maybe weather related. I know Pebble might be the better course, but for me, it's hard to think of a course I would rather play in Northern California than Edgewood. You know, um, it's hard sometimes to separate the golf course from you know from the location mm-hmm. and 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 what's around it. Certainly, as you as you suggest, the Monterey Peninsula, and uh, when the sun is shining, it's it's pretty spectacular. But you know, you you drive up into the mountains, and and it's a much more serene kind of uh, atmosphere and then you come over the hill and my gosh there's that spectacular <sighs> lake and and Edgewood is just you know sits right up to to the lake yeah. it's it's it, it really is spectacular and I and I think maybe maybe a bit more calming 
you know, than than playing Pebble Beach. It's it's just, I, I guess, serene is the word I used before. It's probably a great way to describe it. I don't I don't think there's anything better than than Edgewood. You know, certainly when you get up, uh, you know, in the high country. And there's just so many great views of the lake, either on the front side or the back side, or just looking back at tees. And uh, yeah, we we definitely had a real treat. Yeah, the white sand, the the green fairways, everything going on. It's it, it, it was a great day. No doubt. And you shot a really spectacular well, round. Thank you. And I was just going to say, it's always a better course when you feel like you're playing well, yeah. too, which I, I was able to hit the ball fairly well. You hit the ball well as well. And we played with a third person who, who, who was playing extremely well, too. That yeah, a golf writer out of Las Vegas. Uh, and uh, we, had, we had fun with him. He, he played pretty well, too. So that that was our day at Edgewood. Uh, what a what a great day it was. Uh, we probably should mention the fact that uh, before we went out, we we had the press conference and um, and uh, the Miz got up and and did his little thing and yep. and entertained everyone. Um, and, and then we had a um, a Zoom interview with um, the great Charles Barkley. Yeah, the great Charles Barkley, and um, who we found out. He put $100,000 on himself last year. He was, um, well, was it 7-1? to one? or It was like 16-1. to one. It was some high number that he would finish outside the top 70. He finished 72nd, so he actually lost the bet. But because you can't bet on yourself because it influences the line, they actually refunded his $100,000, and they actually gave him some additional dollars for his charity. So it worked out for him. But Charles was still upset about he that. He was very upset. He said, you know, if... If I'm playing blackjack, I'm betting on myself. And yeah. I said, well, you know, it's a little bit different. When You're you, not influencing <laughs> anybody else's exactly. line, per se. I guess people sitting down there, perhaps, how you play the game. But <laughs> but, but he, you know, I mean, he, he's like a dog with a bone. When he grabs a hold of something, you know, uh, and, and when it comes out of his mouth, the description and the understanding, he... He kind of makes you want to believe what he believes. In my opinion, he's the most influential person in sports media right now, bar none. His voice means more than anybody else's. And uh, I don't think there's a person who doesn't enjoy listening to him, uh, entertained by him, and, and always challenged by what he has to say. Yeah, I suppose I've never thought about that in, in, in those terms about him, but you're probably right. He, he is, he's remarkable, and he, he crosses all audiences. Yep. Yeah. He does, and he loves the game of golf. And he says he's going to try and bet another hundred grand on himself. He's going to find another way to do it. It won't be maybe necessarily him placing that bet. But. <laughs> He'll find a friend to do it. Uh, he, uh, he spoke, well, someone asked him about the Sacramento Kings. And um, as he said before, he, he just can't quite understand why all those lottery picks and, um, you know, and we're still not uh, in, in the playoffs. But, um, but he, he, he he thinks the fans at um, in in Sacramento are really remarkable. He loves the fans of Sacramento. He, he may not say the same thing about the fans down in San Francisco with the Golden State Warriors. No, he was not. Uh, he was not as complimentary about them. He <laughs> Although loved, he said he loved them in Oakland. <laughs> <laughs> he was great. Um, so that was pretty much the day. Um, of course, we spoke with Carol as well from the Lake Tahoe Visitors Association. That's right, Carol Chaplin, who is the president and CEO of Lake Tahoe Visitors Authority. And uh, we spoke about what the tournament means to, uh, to the area and, uh, and really sort of uh, all of the th different things there are to do up here in, in, at South Lake Tahoe. So um, uh, she's, she's been around a long time and she was very good and, and um, 
we'll have that interview coming up as well. Well, and the other thing about Edgewood, I mean, the course is amazing, but the property is amazing too. And, you know, Carol and the people involved with it uh, shared with us the new Italian restaurant that's coming in, the high-end villas, which will only be for rent. You can't purchase. I, I can't even imagine what it will cost to spend a night right on uh, the lake at Edgewood. Or uh, along, the, along the Ninth Fairway. Yeah, yeah. it be a spectacular experience. And by the way, we we've, uh, we stayed at Harris and, and that was wonderful as well. The, the, the rooms are revamped and super nice and great, great accommodations. Yeah, I was really impressed with, I don't know that I've ever stayed at Harris. You know, I've stayed at some of the other hotels up here and and it's it, very impressive. As you yeah. say, the rooms have been redone. Um, your room had a great view overlooking the... I got uh, the right side yeah, of the, the room. We yeah. were close, but you were on the, the left. I was on the right. I got the lucky panoramic view of the left. I had a nice view of the parking lot. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, at least you're keeping our stuff safe. Exactly. Um, we, we actually spent uh, a little time with Phil Whitinger and the group at uh, Flatstick Pub last night as well. I'd not been in a Flatstick Pub before. A lot of games to play, a lot of uh, sort of, uh, I guess, miniature golf is the best way to describe it. Uh, food and, um, you know, and, and a, a few taps. Yeah, lots of stuff that you can get and uh, good time. Good time and just a good place to hang out. And, of course, uh, there's Flaxstick Pub in Sacramento, and we'll have to make our way out there as well. So that's uh, pretty much what we have uh, for you coming up on um, on the show today with uh, with the Miz and uh, Mr. Wonderlick and uh, Carol Chaplin and and we'll talk probably a little bit more about golf as as we get through this. Oh yeah, and, and Frank, I know you know we have just a little bit of time here before we we get to uh, talking to the Miz, but obviously the big news going on in golf right now is this apparent schism with the PGA tour and with live and Phil Mickelson's come out and spoke now. And the PGA's responded to the players who have left and resigned their, their spots saying they're, they will not even be able to get sponsor exemptions back to a PGA tour event. We know they're going to be able to play in the U S open and the open itself. And I don't know if, if the game of professional golf's ever been more muddled than it is right now. You know, it, it certainly is a time of transition, and um, and what, what's interesting is what is being said today may not be what's being said next month. Sure, this you thing's going to play it, out over time. It continues to, to change, and, um, you know, the, it, it has a political side to it, it has a, a sports side, it has a it is so fan side, and it, you're right, it is very complicated. Uh, do people have the right to, to choose where they work and how they work and when they work, and um, you know, is is uh, is being involved in in that organization? You know, those are questions I think every everybody lays out in their own lives, and maybe at a much lower scale in terms of dollars and all those things. But you know, th those are things that everybody has to calculate in their minds in terms of is the money more important than how I might morally feel about it, and just weighing all those types of things out. And it, it's something that's questioning all of us right now. Yeah, and and. We, we certainly hope it doesn't lead to a huge schism between, you know, between the PGA golfers as we know them today. Yeah. You know, you don't want to start pitting um, Mickelson against, uh, you know, um, Tiger yeah, or Scotty Justin Thomas or any. Yeah. You know, it, it, the, the good guys and the bad guys. Right. It, you, you certainly hope it doesn't come down to that. But that's why I say it continues to evolve. And um, 
and uh, you know we hope at the end of of all of this that that it's that it's good for them individually and it's good for the game going forward. It'll be really interesting to see how that tournament comes off in London over the weekend. Uh, there won't be coverage here in America. I guess you can watch it on streaming, but. Uh, you know, it'll be interesting. And then the, with the Open coming up next week and Phil playing, but Tiger not playing and just all the drama that will will be there at Brookline. Lots of drama, lots of good stuff, too. Um, you know, ultimately, as as we said uh, yesterday, when we're, when we're out on the golf course and you tee it up, uh, all of those troubles seem to kind of go away. I know yeah. we had a great time. We weren't thinking about any of those larger issues. We're on the first tee at Edgewood. How bad can life be? Life is good. This is the Golf To Go Radio Hour. He's Scott Marsh. I'm Frank LaRosa. We will be back with The Miz right after this. It's the Golf To Go Hour with Frank LaRosa. Golf To Go Radio Hour continues here on Sports 1140 KHDK. We're coming to you from Edgewood uh, Golf Course in uh, beautiful South Lake Tahoe. We're excited. We have uh, Mike Mizanin. Did I pronounce that right? That is absolutely yeah, perfect. But, You're but, ready to go. But you don't know him as as Mike Mizan, and you know him as The Miz, WWE superstar The Miz. And uh, The Miz, welcome to uh, golf to go Thank you so much. Anytime I get to talk about golf, I am there. So um, tell me how a, a, a wrestler... You know, a, 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 with a world-class reputation, becomes a golfer. Oh it, man, they, they I, don't I, seem I, to go together. To be honest, it actually does. Like a lot of, I mean, it's an it's an athletic sport, and it's honestly relaxing. When I was a kid growing up, my dad and I every Sunday uh, would go out and golf, and it was some of the best memories that I have with my dad. And uh, man, we would play for I'd play against my uncle and my cousin, and we would play for whoever whoever wins gets to buy, or the other one has to buy dinner. So Red Lobster, and we get to choose. So my choice was always Red Lobster because I like the garlic rolls. <laughs> yes, so, me too. Uh, yeah, so it was it was always a blast. And now I have a four-year-old and a two-and-a-half, two little girls, that it's my favorite thing to bring them out in the course, take them out, and see them swing. And I think, I'm not sure, but I'm pretty sure – my Madison, who is two and a half, is a left-handed golfer. All right, just like your dad. Yes. What, what part of the world do you live in? Uh, right now, I live in uh, Westlake Village in California. So you you can play year-round. I can play year-round, and I do play year-round. Yeah. So you had a practice round here at uh, at Edgewood today. Tell and it taught me that. a lot about this course. Good. Yeah. There's fast greens. Uh, your chipping has to be on point, and honestly, if you hit a tree, it's going down because those branches are thick. Uh, you got to watch the water, uh, and uh, man, there there was a hole that I there was so many bunkers that I got into, and I was just I couldn't get myself out of it. I was in one bunker and another bunker, but on 17, which is as we know, it's right by the water. The beach is there. They're already putting the stands up for the audience. I could feel the energy, and I hit the ball. I, I overshot the. Um, the uh, the the green, but once I got into the bunker, I was like, "All right, I'm gonna nail this in." And what did I do? Nailed it right in. So I birdied that Sweet. bad boy. So that's that's the way I feel my whole game's gonna go. I plan on dominating the ACC, uh, being the number one choice in your in your minds and in your hearts. So uh, I think you put some money down on me. You know, you uh, you talk about feeling the energy. You seem to create your own energy. I try to. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I, it, this is all about having fun. I mean, how many times do you get to go out into a beautiful course, a beautiful area? Uh, I've never been to Tahoe before, and this is my first time, first experience out here. And I can't wait. I'm bringing the whole family, my wife, my kids. 
Uh, you know, we have a show on Ms. and Mrs. Uh, on the USA Network right now, immediately following Monday Night Raw, uh, 11 p.m. And uh, we've done many times where I go out and try to get my wife golfing, and she does not like it at all. Hates it because all I do is talk, walk, and sleep golf when I'm not wrestling. And so now, uh, you know, hopefully I can bring her out here and go, look, this is a family event. Bring the girls out. Get oh, cute little she's going to love Tahoe. She's going to love Tahoe. Absolutely. So, uh, hopefully this is my lure into yeah. golf. How do you balance WWE, reality TV, playing golf, a family, all of that? That seems to be a lot going on. Yeah, I mean, but I mean. That, 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 that is the, the tricky part, you know? So whenever, uh, we have a year, we're year round. We go, I mean, literally, WWE is in Reno the same week I'm doing this, this tournament. So we're, we're actually on July 10th, have a live event for SmackDown. Luckily I'm on Raw, so it's not me. But, uh, but yeah, we are nonstop all day, every day. And uh, we are literally just going and being on a reality show and trying to be the best dad and husband I possibly can be. Uh, whenever I'm on the road with WWE, I try to make sure in the morning I wake up early and try to get a golf swing in. Scott uh, has, a, has a friend at the radio station that is a huge WWE fan and he was pretty excited that oh, Scott We have many people who are big WWE fans and big The Miz fans. That goes without saying. What I want to know is you're the ultimate entertainer, right? And you've been on Dancing with the Stars. You've been a reality TV star. You are a monster WWE star. But, again, what's it going to be like performing in a golf tournament, being there, teeing up on one, fans there? You're the ultimate entertainer. But I don't know if there's something more nerve-wracking than teeing off on number one in front of a bunch of people on a golf course. I use the nerves. Um, whenever I go out in WWE and I make my entrance, I'm always really nervous. But once I hear that audience, whether it's booing me or cheering me, something happens. It's just an adrenaline, it's an adrenaline rush. And once that adrenaline rush happens, I'm at my best. So to have an actual audience, I'm anticipating my best game ever. Okay. What's your index? My index, I don't actually do an index, and the reason I don't do the index is because I know me, and I'm very competitive. And once I start that index, uh, that's all I would think about. You're gonna be obsessed about, about it. I, exactly, and I don't yeah. want that to happen okay, because fair. I enjoy the game of golf. Yep, right now, fair. I love the game of golf. I enjoy yep. you know, waking up early in the morning, smelling yep. the fresh cut grass, hearing the birds chirping, you know, smelling the air, and just getting out there and just playing and having fun. If I have an index, yep. It's going to ruin everything. Yeah, I can appreciate that. Now, when you're out on 17, you mentioned it. Then, of course, when you see Timberlake and Curry and they're shooting the threes and Aaron Rodgers is throwing the football and all the girls are out there and just the great fun. Have you thought about what you might do on 17 to shake it up a little bit? Yeah, get, actually actually hit it in the hole. Uh, <laughs> while everyone else is doing all their little glitz and glam, you can sit there and right. do your three points, get a football out, start throwing. I'm going to be dunking it in the, the, for a hole-in-one and winning some money. Yeah, 250 grand. I Let's think. go. All right, I like that idea. I like that a lot, Frank. You know, um, that's that's uh, uh, Corbell does that great charity out there, and uh, I think you get to keep some of the money, and some of it goes to charity as I well. Love so that. everybody, everybody has a good everybody time. wins. Yeah, uh, I think I overheard you say a little while ago that um, that uh, somebody talking in your backswing or whispering what doesn't bother you. You kind of use that. that I use that, that energy. Right? Honestly, I, when when I get up there, people are like, you know, WWE has entrances, you know. 
Like, what are you going to do? And I'm, honestly, I'm hoping the crowd will get as loud as possible. I don't want you whispering during my back screen. I want you screaming, yelling, chanting. Have you played in these celebrity tournaments before? Or is this... Uh, this is actually... I, I've played in a couple pro-ams. Uh -huh. But this is the one I've been waiting to get into because it looks like the most fun. And, you know, to see and watch it year after year and to actually everything come in together, you know, you know, WWE Network is on Peacock and, you know... USA Network is an affiliate to NBC, so to actually mesh these these brands together, and uh, it's just a great fit. Uh, WWE um, uh, athletes really are athletes. It's 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 amazing the the things that you guys do that uh, you know during a match that. Uh, all I see is pain. You know, I mean, I'm going to get hurt if I try to do some of those things. How many years does it take to, de to develop those kinds of skills? It all depends, on, it all depends on, on who you are and how talented you are. Some people, they get it right off the bat. Other people have to work towards it. Me, I was a person that had to work. Like, for whatever I lack in talent, I will make up with hard work. Same goes with golf. And so I will work very hard to be very dominant at the ACC, just like I am dominant in a WWE ring. Well, you're throwing it down. I mean, you're issuing a challenge to Tony Romo and everybody I'm, else who's I'm, out here. I'm, I'm going to be chatting it up. I hope Romo is there because he's not going to be able to even swing because I'm going to be talking so much trash. Well, you, just, you better be Barkley. That's all I got to say. Uh, I better be Barkley. Yeah, yeah you, you, you and me both. Yes, I definitely have to be Barkley. American Century Championship. This uh, We're talking with WWE superstar The Miz. We wish you great success, great luck. Uh, I hope your 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 daughters love the game and they take it up and you know another left-hander in the family can't hurt. Yes, Don't lefty, I love it. There it is. Let's go. Back with more right after this. It's the Golf to Go Hour with Frank LaRosa. More coming right now from the Golf to Go radio show from uh, Edgewood Lake Tahoe, uh, South Lake Tahoe. Scott Marsh and Frank LaRosa here. Uh, what a what a great spot to be doing a radio show, huh, Scott? Uh, you can't ask for a better remote than being at Edgewood Golf Course, that's for sure. You know, this is the media day for the American Century Championship, and um, our, our friend Phil Whitinger puts on a, a great event every year, and uh, we are, you know, today is, is no different, and we're excited to be here and excited to talk with Brad Wunderlich. Brad is the uh, director of, of grounds and agronomy here at uh, at Edgewood Tahoe. Now, you know, that's uh, that's a mouthful. Basically what it means is when you come up to this golf course and you tee it up and you look around and you go, my gosh, this is beautiful, you need to go pat Brad on the back. Brad, what, what an incredible job uh, it is to, uh, number one, to keep any golf course in condition throughout the year, but, but one that's only used, you know, basically half the year. I don't know how you guys do it. You know, uh, get it out of hibernation and get it ready as quick as you do and then have it through the season. Yeah, um, you know, the winters can be tough on us. Um, you never know what you're going to get dealt uh, when the snow melts. You know, I'm very fortunate to have a great staff that uh, has been here for a long time. They're very dedicated, hardworking guys. Um, so that really makes my job a lot easier. What does, what does a director of agronomy and grounds do? I mean, um, you know, we, we all have an idea that, uh, you know, we see the maintenance crew out there setting holes and cutting grass and watering and things like that. But but uh, today's um, golf course superintendent is, is more of a scientist than, than any of that stuff as well. Yeah, I mean, that's correct. We, um, you know, from, you know, the irrigation aspect um, to fertility management, um, 
managing our, our chemical program and spray applications. You know, we take care of all of the uh, surrounding plants and shrubs and flowers, you know, keep the property clean. Um, so it's, it's a lot more than just the golf course maintenance. Um, we uh, typically take care of the entire property um, from the perimeter of the fence. Um, we have some property across the street that we, we maintain as well. So, you know, there's, there's a lot to be done. Oh, that's so fine. You're saying, well, I mean, what I want to know is because the course is always just in, in great shape and everybody loves playing here. It's such a destination course. But from what I'm hearing right now, the course is as good a shape as it's ever been. And I know Edgewood's back into the top 100 courses in the country. So maybe you can explain to us how you were able to, to get Edgewood back to that elite level. Yeah, so like I said before, you know, it, it's really how the winter plays out for us. Um, you know, there's been years where we've had substantial damage to the golf course that takes a long, long time in the spring to recover from. You know, we were fortunate this year. Um, we had a fairly mild winter, although we had record snowfall in December, the rest of the winter was pretty mild. Uh, we saw very little winter damage this year. So, you know, coming out of the gates, uh, first thing, it makes life a lot easier for us. You know, we're not having to spend the time trying to regrow everything back in. So that was that was huge. And then, um, you know, we just, you know, really focus on the detail work and the day-to-day -day maintenance to make, you know, everything as, as perfect as possible every day. You know, a lot of people, um, this is a... Um, you know, a destination that everybody wants to come play. So, you know, we've got to be on top of our game every single day of the week, you know, whether it's a Monday or a Saturday, you know, someone's here as, as their bucket list golf course. So, you know, we've got to make sure that we're, we're on top of everything every single day of the week, six months of the year when we're open. How many rounds do you expect to do in, in, in six months? We typically do um, just over 20,000. I would say between 20 and 23,000. So it's it's very busy golf course. It sees a lot of traffic. So you know, that's another one of our challenges, dealing with all the car traffic, all the play. So it, it's difficult to keep it in that kind of shape throughout the season. You know, Scott mentioned that um, Edgewood is now in the top 100 uh, again, and uh, I'm sure that that means uh, you know something to you guys. But that's certainly not your goal. Your goal is to to create playing conditions for people every day, as you said. Right. Yeah. It was unfortunate when we fell out of the top 100 for a few years. Um, I kind of took it personally. Um, you know, we just we just decided we got to work harder. We got to you know do everything we can, and you know it's really up to the Golf Digest course raters. But um, you know we were able to achieve our highest rating um, in this last uh, set of um, ratings that came out. So it was uh, it was a great accomplishment for myself and my staff. You know, for golf courses that are open year round, I mean they you know they just sort of continue to do what they do. Give us kind of the the uh, you know, the, the short version of, of what it takes to open up the course after the snow and, and take it through and and getting ready for the winter. Right, so, I mean, we typically try to get started the day the snow melts. The earlier we can get started, the earlier we can start putting seed down in areas and working on our bunkers. Um, you know, 
the year-round courses, they, they're able to kind of continue growing through the season. Um, I feel like every year we start over. We get the course in such great shape at the end of the season, and then it snows, and you completely start over the following year. But um, And there's some stuff we do at the end of the year to, to start uh, preparing for the upcoming season. So, you know, we use a lot of cultural practices and stuff like that, you know, as far as verification and, you know, we protect the course from um, diseases that we see over the winters and stuff like that. But we've, uh, we just really try to, you know, start preparing for the season as early as we can. I think that's, that's our, our number one goal. You know, everybody looks forward to playing 17. It's right on the, the lake and we see it featured during the tournament every year in 18's marquee tune. There's lots of marquee spots, but I'd like to know from your perspective, some of the holes or just views or just shots that you look at that are really special to you out there on that course. Right. You know, obviously 17 and 18 are, are so picturesque, but you know, our, our new ninth hole that we built um, four or five years ago is, is a great hole. You tee off staring straight at the lake. And then, you know, I like to just go up to kind of the top of the property um, and just look over the whole property out to the lake. That's that's one of my favorite views every morning, uh, right when the sun comes up, just standing kind of at the top of the property, looking out towards the lake. It's it's beautiful. How'd you end up at Edgewood? What's your background? So I started working on a golf course in high school uh, in St. Louis, Missouri, where I grew up. Um, didn't think a whole lot about it at the time, but as I as I continued working at that course each summer, I, I grew to to really love it. So I decided to go to school for it. I attended Colorado State University, got my uh, bachelor's degree in turf grass management. I did a few internships, um, and I ended up at uh, Montreux Golf and Country Club in Reno. After I graduated, I spent um, eleven years there. Um, Learned a lot working on the uh, with the Reno Tahoe Open, which is now the Barracuda. But um, I really enjoyed um, the televised tournament, the PGA Tour. So I got an opportunity to interview for the job here at Edgewood, and I was fortunate enough to get it. And you know, I, I love everything about it. I've, I've been here for 10 years now, and I wouldn't change a thing pretty bucket list for you. Oh, yeah, and we're the fortunate ones, obviously. Uh, Brad Wunderlich, he's the director of grounds and agronomy here at Edgewood Tahoe. Uh, thanks very much for being with us on golf to go uh, Best of luck this year, and uh, when you shut it down and start again all over again next year, good luck then as well. Thank you. It's been my pleasure. Back with more on the golf to go Radio Hour. Scott Marsh and Frank LaRosa back right after this. It's the Golf to Go Hour with Frank LaRosa. Golf to Go Radio Hour continues here on Sports 1140 KHBK. I'm Frank LaRosa along with Scott Marsh, and uh, we are fortunate enough to be at Edgewood Tahoe. I, you know, I don't know how we deserve this, Scott. But we I'm, don't deserve I'm not gonna it. That's, that goes yeah. without saying. Yeah. Uh, we are here for the media day for the American Century Championship, uh, which comes up in uh, the month of July and uh, is always a huge treat here at, uh, at Lake Tahoe. We are talking with Carol Chaplin. She is the president and CEO of the Lake Tahoe Visitors Authority. Carol, that's a mouthful. Yes. Sir. Tell us what all that means. Well, the Lake Tahoe Visitors Authority is the what we call the destination marketing organization for the South Shore of Lake Tahoe. So we are um, looking to, you know, tell people um, around the globe about 
how wonderful Lake Tahoe is and why they should come here for their vacation or why they should come play golf at Edgewood Tahoe. At first thought, I, I think, why do you even have to say well, that? It seems anybody? Like an easy job. It yeah, seems, it seems auto- like automatic. Doesn't it's kind of like doing a golf show. Everybody right? already yeah. knows that, right? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> well, it is, It is. you know, you got to pinch yourself, don't you, when you, when you get to uh, represent a beautiful place like Lake Tahoe and, um, and get to do a lot of the fun things that yeah. we, you know, we love. And uh, uh, of course, when you say worldwide, I mean you actually mean that. And, and I do. Uh, you are, you know, you are uh, talking specific things that different parts of the world would be excited about. There's, you know, when we think of Lake Tahoe, we think of the lake, and we, you know, sometimes the golf course. But there is so much more going on up here. And uh, you know, for you to kind of tailor that information to each of those different parts of the world, uh, you know, that that's where the the big money comes in. I'm guessing. Yeah, well, it's true. You know, we're a year-round resort, and so there are um, different people that that love different things. Um, You know, obviously the the lake is at the center of everything that we do, and then, of course, we sit right here in the Sierra Nevada, which is, you know, a gorgeous part of the world, mountain town. Um, In the last couple of years, you know, post-pandemic or in the middle of the pandemic, um, we, we became a lot more important to people just to for them to kind of uh, get get back to, uh, you know, what's important, which is getting together with friends and family and getting outdoors and just really enjoying the simple things. So, um, but talking about, you know, globally, we've, we have a huge, uh, we have a huge um, ski season as well. So we offer um, world-class skiing around the lake and we are lucky enough to have three resorts right down here on the South Shore. Um, but many more, you know, all the way around the lake and, and nearby. So um, we talk to them differently than we talk to you on a golf course. But sure. um, then we have families that, that love it here, you know, just sitting on the beach for a few days. We have world-class entertainment. And, of course, we're now building an event center, which will, you know, give us um, 360 days a year to, to do all kinds of fun stuff. Yeah, I can't wait to talk about the event center. I, I want to know, obviously, we're still in this pandemic at some yeah, stage. but forever. We, we, yeah, I was going <laughs> to ask you, where, where is Lake Tahoe at right now in terms of being fully open? Do you anticipate the summer being back to 100%? I know the tournament's going to be at full capacity this yeah. year. Would it be everything for Lake Tahoe? Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, we've uh, um, our restaurants are running full. Um, activities are back. As I mentioned, the Harvey's concert series is... Yeah. I think they're up to 18 concerts this year. Yeah. That's that's kind of a record for them. Um, you know, all of our water sports are up and running, and um, I don't see anything that it, that's uh, in that shutdown. You know, of course, the state of Nevada has lifted that emergency yeah. order, and so on the Nevada side, there's definitely um, definitely uh, you know some optimism there in terms of just handling whatever comes at us in the next iteration of this thing. So. The new event center is is hard to miss as you come in. You know, it's it's uh, it's just a, a beautiful building. That's that's. When is that actually going to open? And and, and tell us what's going to happen in there. Yeah, it kind of it just sprang up. Um, yeah. We broke ground actually during the pandemic. It was 2020, and um, so we uh, we broke ground, and then uh, and and now it's hard to miss. It's uh, you know about halfway. Uh, about 50% completed. We're not all the way indoors yet, so that will happen by about, um, you know, by winter time this year. Um, scheduled to open in the spring of 2023. We had a little setback with uh, 
fire and then and then we got you know epic snow in in december so of course you know when you build something like that you're going to have those kind of things happen but but we're on schedule for um you know march or april of next year you know you talk about uh, promoting around the world and you just mentioned the you know the devastating fires that uh, um yes <laughs> no. It's okay. Oh, it's okay. No, it's amazing. This is the first chance I've had to drive up the Tahoe oh, since yeah. the fires. I just couldn't believe the devastation on the way up. Yeah, it's um, you know, it's on the top of all of our minds, and it just, it just, uh, it, you know, it's just a reminder that it, it, it's such a fragile environment, and it's all of our responsibility to make sure that we take care of it. Um, I, I think that brought, you know, really brought it home to all of us. A lot of us who have lived here for a long yeah. time have had a couple little scares, but nothing like all of a sudden, what do you mean it's coming over the, you know, the top of the mountain? And so it's really, um, in a way, I think it's, you know, the opportunity is to, um, you know, bring to everybody's mind that, you know, no, no matter what destination it is, we all have those, those that fragility and that we need to all be stewards of, of wherever we're going and whatever we're doing. And I guess that was my question was going to be more in that vein you know when when you're when you're close to something you know you know what it is and you know and you know what it isn't but uh, in other parts of the world you know they, it's it's film and it's it's newspaper or the internet and, yeah and so their version of what may have gone on would be totally different i just wonder what challenges that presents to you in in promoting the the area well that's where we actually have to work hard um you know the rest of the time we just sit back and you know, talk about Lake Tahoe, but, but it is, it is a little bit difficult because, um, some people thought we actually lost South Lake Tahoe, that, you know, nothing was left standing or that it was, or that there was no forest left or that it was dangerous to come here. And of course, you know, that's where a lot of our other agencies and organizations look to us to really do the hard work of saying, you know, showing the pictures. Now these days, obviously we have a lot more um, images out there so we can say you know, our webcams are running we can point to those and say look it's clear skies again um, there's no fire um, and um, and so it is uh, we spent a lot of time working on that as a matter of fact I think during the fire there was one day where I did something like I don't know 18 interviews or something and just talking about what was what was really happening and what wasn't and it was easier for us under those circumstances to do because we were right here yeah and and some people couldn't get to us like you know you perhaps we couldn't get you here right um but we could we could talk to that a little bit and so um hopefully that doesn't happen again but um but we we were definitely challenged and and uh we didn't we didn't burn down, and we're doing more every day to try to make sure that that doesn't happen again. Events like this, and, and certainly, I would imagine every day at, at South Lake Tahoe, there are multiple events going on, or, um, you know, there's, there's, there's always something to do, and, and always a group up here doing it. The Event Center, opening in 2023, tell us about uh, what that's going to be like. I can't wait. It's just <laughs> been, I mean, I, you know, I'm... I'm lucky to have a, a group of um, other organizations that um, and consultants that know what they're doing, um, and it's just all coming together with all of them. We have a project management company, and we obviously the design on the building is world class. Um, a great construction company, you know, and of course we have our our partners here. Edgewood Tahoe donated the land that 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 
building sits on, as a matter of fact. That's Edgewood land. Um, so that's a great thing. Valleys across, you know, yeah. where we're sitting, they lost parking spaces for us. Um, but wow. at the end of the day, we all feel like this is something that we can really be proud of and, and can bring to us new kinds of business, um, more diverse business, um, you know, concerts, trade shows, conventions, youth sports, yep. um, arts and culture, um, ice events. We'll have ice over there. Uh, so it's going to be, get back to your question, it's going to be amazing when we throw open the doors and welcome everybody in. We've been doing tours a lot, and we're going to do another event in December just to let everybody get kind of the feel of what that's going to be like. But there's going to be nothing like, you know, really just opening the doors and welcoming everybody in. I can't even imagine what the uh, what the opening event might be because you know, when, you, when you talk about a, a world-class destination like this and with the entertainment available and, and you know all of the options that you have I, I would imagine that that first uh, week is going to be pretty exciting yeah and you know you know as I mentioned the the design of the building but the the orientation of the building the meeting rooms are going to be looking out towards Vale resorts and, and the mountains mm -hmm. behind wow. us and the front of the building is going to be pointing towards the lake and um, looking over um, Edgewood Tahoe so oh. um, every time you walk in there whether it's you know to see some hockey or or to have a glass of champagne at a reception or something you're going to be able to really enjoy um, what you know what our destination is all about you'll always be reminded it's not just going to be four walls how many years for you here uh, Carol at uh, Southern uh, I came here in 1982. Don't do the math. Yeah. Um, 1982. Sounds like an anniversary might be yeah, celebrated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, as a matter of fact. Oh, my gosh. So um, there's a lot of stories out there about how some of us used to visit, um, you know, during our youth, perhaps. Yeah. Um, I was just a baby, actually. But um, and, then, and then we loved it so much we moved here. I've been with the Visitors Authority since 2008. And so um, this, you know, the event center and everything we're doing this year um, to kind of evolve the, the Visitors Authority into more of a um, sustainability organization. You know, that's really those are the two highlights of my career. You know, we've been up to this uh, media day for a, a number of years, and, and you've spoken at, at many of them, and, and it's, you know, you always have a, a, a different thing to tell us, and uh, it's always it's always so positive, but not not in a PR kind of way. You know, you, you just have a really nice delivery, and oh, well, you kind of let us know what's going on. When, when you get up in the morning and, and know, you know, that you're going to work at Salt Lake Town, what's the best part of your job? Um, you know, I think I love talking to people like you, you know, I get to talk about, you know, things that are helping our community and, um, and even more so today than ever before when we're talking about, you know, how we, how we evolve with, you know, the, the, the new world, whatever that looks sure. like. And, it, and, and as you know, in your business too, it changes more rapidly. So, um, I think the best part of my day is wondering if I'm going to land on my left foot or my right foot first. <laughs> and then, of course, you know, I have a great team that I, that I work with now, and, and they, they're getting to do new things, and it's really fun to watch them, you know, grow and, and take over some responsibilities so I can sit back and, you know, I don't know, maybe I'll take up golf pretty soon one of these days. 
We'll have you in our foursome any year you want. Okay, to good. <laughs> Carol right. Chaplin. I'll be the one that's throwing the golf ball, but um. <laughs> you know we've done that too. <laughs> Carol Chaplin, President and CEO, Lake Tahoe Visitors Authority. Thank you so much for spending some time right. with us. Thanks. For Continued me. success here, and uh, good luck on the grand opening next year. You'll be there. All right. That wraps up another edition of the Golf to Go Radio Hour here on Sports 1140 KHDK for Scott Marsh. I'm Frank LaRosa. Thanks for spending your time with us. We'll be back with you next week.